Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, let me say thank you so much for being a listener. Now, I want to alert you to our shiny new podcast website located at podpage.com. However, you can go directly to the podcast site located at www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. There, you can contact me through email. You can leave a voice message. You can leave a review. You can read an episode blog and frequently learn about the podcast guests. You might also want to suggest podcast topic ideas or even suggest a guest. You can also let me know if you would like to receive our podcast listener logo that you can post on your social media. So I look forward to hearing from you about our new podcast website, www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Now, we keep growing. Just a quick note, we now have listeners in 125 countries that covers 2,052 cities around the world. Now, I'm pleased to announce another first for this podcast. This episode will be our very first podcast with public relations professionals from Puerto Rico. This began in January of 2023 when I sent out a message of a PRSA's open forum making note of the fact that, that my podcast was among the top 25 of all their podcasts. And then Spotify also notified me that this podcast was among the top 30% of all its podcasts. As a result, I received multiple notes of congratulations. One of those sending the notes is one of my guests today. So let me now welcome Gladys Diaz of GMD PR Consultant, The Note Sender, and Tony Darday, President of Puerto Rico Association of Public Relations. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for inviting us. It's a pleasure. Well, let's first then talk about all the differences between how PR is done in Puerto Rico and in the United States, and if so, what is that difference? Well, thank you, Peter. In some ways, we are very similar because we are associated with the Policymaker Society of America, and we have 25 APRs in Puerto Rico, and we are proud of having 25 APRs in Puerto Rico and, and to be promoting actively the education and understanding of the process to have a greater number of colleagues with this credential that is so prestigious around the world. So we have academics, the academic context is very similar than in the U.S. The relationship with the colleagues in the same way that the RSA force is with the colleagues is, you know, replicated in Puerto Rico, the education and the content and the topics are very similar. But in some ways, 
we are different because of our culture, because of our political and social context, and because of the opportunities we still have ahead to elevate the education and the strategic role of the profession. I, I believe that we still have room to grow in that area, but we're not in a bad place now. It's just that we, um, as Colleglators practitioners with more than 30 years that we are both, Tony and myself, we, we feel that we uh, need to promote greater and better understanding of our role as practitioners and the importance of our profession in a democratic and open political and economical system. Mm -hmm. Tell me if you want to share your perspective from that. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought that one of the biggest differences in the practice of public relations in Puerto Rico versus in the U.S. is that just given our size, we're so much such a smaller territory, uh, the public relations practitioner in Puerto Rico needs to be a, in a way, a little bit jack of all trades. We need to understand how to work all sorts of public relations tactics. You know, I worked for many years for a multinational communications agency here in Puerto Rico, and I would participate in programs with my colleagues from PR firms in the U.S., and I would see how so many divisions were created, so many specialties. You know, you had a public relations practitioner that just does public affairs or just does technology or just does investment uh, PR. Here in Puerto Rico, you really need to do everything. Okay. <laughs> because the market is not big enough, you know, to develop a PR firm that just specializes in one particular topic. So in that sense, it's a great opportunity, you know, uh, because you have today you have a client who requires uh, tourism public relations, and then at the same time you have a, cl a client that requires technology communications, and you know you learn how to do many many things. And I think that that's a really great to develop your skills in many areas. Then it also helps uh, that it does you know the job is never boring. Money. <laughs> it also it's good because we're supposed to be a generalist not a specialist mm -hmm. we're supposed to be focused on one area one firm we are trusted counselors but we are also in charge of media relations communication external communication and so on crisis management reputation management management special events so we dominate everything and we are very rounded professional so on that aspect we are well experienced and seasoned in our industry yeah. and that's good mm -hmm. well you know it, it comes to my attention now since you said that you have to be uh, gain some experience in all of those uh uh, or a lot of those particular areas, how do you go about getting it? In other words, crisis communications is crisis communications regardless perhaps what the subject is, but going from technology, for instance, to uh, climate control, how do you get that uh, managed climate control when perhaps you've not been exposed to it before? How do you begin to get that skill so that you can apply it to whatever the client's needs are? 
big way. Shock and exposure. Uh, you know, you, you have to just jump in, jump into it. Okay. Um, we had a with all your in Mary yet, but now in 2017, don't go too far. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, it, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a funny question because you, you never think about it, you know. Um, I had never had a client in agriculture, um, and I got that client several years ago when I didn't know anything about agriculture in any aspect, and you just learn. This is learned. I mean, there's no fear. There's no shame in that. Dive into it and start learning, you know. And it, this this statement will probably shock some specialists in the states, but you know, I met many many people that just did marketing, communications, PR, or just did investment relations, PR, or just did crisis management, PR. And many people I know agencies that just do tourism PR. That's a lie. Yeah, that's very common in the states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And probably in other parts of the world, I'm not sure, but for us, it's not common because, you know, we're a small island and, you know, just project-wise and population-wise, there isn't really a chance to just specialize in one field. You just specialize in one field, you won't have a lot of work. Well, I, I understand. That, that that makes a lot of, You have to adjust to the circumstances, I guess, is the best way to put that. Well, exactly, and and that's coming from Tommy is the owner of a mid-sized public relations agency mm-hmm. uh, from since two thousand six. Since two thousand six, when I started this, and I have been a consultant for the past twenty-three years, and I'm a solo practitioner. I I hire resources as long as I need them, but I am a solo practitioner. Before that, I used to work for local and international organizations agencies. So that's coming from two practitioners in different areas that are telling you that we need to know about all the industries that all the type of work that and and uh specialization. Before I started my agency in two thousand six, I had been working with uh I I was leading the office of GCI. GCI but it was a public relations firm that was part of Gray Communications. A Gray was later acquired by the, the WPP group. So it was a multinational firm that had offices all over the world. And even then, in working under GCI, I was working all sorts of categories, all sorts of products, all sorts of issues. You know, we really never specialized in mm-hmm. just one I think you start building a reputation exactly. for certain things, and then more of those clients come, but you can't just work on that. You have to work on many specialties. I, I agree. It makes sense to me. I Believe me, I've done a lot of things, too. I learned a lot of things from having to do uh, a specialized, not specialized, but do work in different categories. So I, I can certainly understand. Well, one of the th- one of the things when Gladys and I talked the very first time she mentioned to me that I thought it was very very unusual, and that was the fact that 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 you have to have a license to practice public relations in Puerto Rico. So, tell us why that came about. <laughs> that was in 2000, 2008. It's the license number two hundred four, and that came about. I think the the industry was worried that 
we were getting all sorts of practitioners saying that they practice public relations and, and, and putting the profession at risk in a way. People who probably had not had any experience in doing serious PR, the people probably didn't have the education, and then some people that we felt were probably not practicing in the most ethical manner. And I think ethics was probably the driving force behind the, you know, a group of people getting together and, you know, and fighting to get that law approved because we were concerned about our, you know, the seriousness of the profession. We wanted it to grow in a way that, uh, you know, with credibility and with effectiveness and with certain guidelines. I know this is a, a subject that can be argued back and forth, and we know that it's discussed in many ways, um, but uh, we were able to get it approved. And, you know, to get it approved at the beginning, this type of thing, as it occurs in many situations, you have to grandfather. You have to do a grandfather clause and let everybody in. And then, you know, with time, the true practitioners stay and the true practitioners come in. Mm-hmm. Because to maintain your license, you have to maintain uh, credit. Uh, we require 30 credits over the course of three or four years. Yes, continuous education. Continuous education. Mm-hmm. And so that ensures that, number one, in order to practice, you have to have a license. In order to say that you're a public relations practitioner, you have to have a license. It ensures that you're studying all the time and searching for knowledge and information to keep yourself relevant. And working educated. in the field. You have to be working in the field. And it kind of, you know, tries to turn away a rotten apple. You know, the people that are here doing propaganda or that are doing, you know, malicious communication that, you know, bribing people. Build up we are you know, to doing things that, that we don't want to be associated with a profession. Mm-hmm. And then at the, at the association, which is separate, fact, as part of this law, uh, there was a board called the um, Public Relations Licensing Board that is adjunct to the Department of State. And that's a separate board of people that are uh, nominated by the governor, uh, and they... They are the ones who go through the process of, uh, of, of reviewing these licenses, the whole system to do it and to defend the license and to renew the license, to renew it and mm-hmm. to you know, oversee the process. And then separate to that, there's the Public Relations Association, which is the association that I am presiding now. And part of our, of our continuous work is to denounce and clarify and educate regarding the public relations practice. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's any public issue that is being discussed in the media and people are saying that so-and-so is doing public relations, then we know that it, that's not public relations. We stand up and we issue statements and we talk to people, we talk to the media, and, you know, all with the objective of creating more education and and clarifying the difference between for example between propaganda and population which mm-hmm. is uh going back to the genesis the law was approved in 2008 but it wasn't the result of 
two or three years of hard work that began at the heart of the Puerto Rico Voting Nations Association. Mm. And it was not an easy process. It was very, very hard to get consensus, but we did. And we finally have a law and we have a regulation, which is not perfect, that we can improve for sure. And we are working at it with the board uh, designated by the government, but we do have something to protect our profession. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect, we know that, but we are we have something that uh, at least we can call that are guidelines to obtain and to keep to maintain your license to practice polymathers in Puerto Rico. Yeah, in the universe, we we have. There have been 1,300 licenses that have been issued uh, in total right now active that are, you know, bona fide licenses. We have a thousand people mm-hmm. that are, that are, that, that maintain their license. So that's basically the universe of our official public relations practitioners based on that, on that number. That doesn't mean that there's some undercover PRA. <laughs> Without a license, we know that that, that happens. So, but, you know, that's more or less the number, you know, a thousand. Okay. Now, let me ask you, do, a, do you have um, PR curriculum in, in your universities there as well? Yeah, yeah. Sure, okay. sure. And the association is very active with promoting the education among students and the university students. Actually, this week, Swami was uh, visiting one of the local universities, funded Lakers Association that was uh, having an event, and the association is very active, not only engaging the students into promoting their development and their, their entrance to the professional uh, arena, but also into motivating them to become active members of the association, to get in touch with potential employers, employers, mm-hmm. colleagues, enters, mm-hmm. you know, to be part of the association because it's the it's the only entity that promotes our development, our growth our education so yeah, yeah. the is very important in Puerto Rico. Yeah. We have several education providers that are licensed by the by the board, by the public relations regulatory board to offer continued education programs. The public relations association is one of them. And there's some other universities that also have this license to offer a continued education uh, programs and for credit. So within the association, we have different committees and we always have a director in charge of education. And that director is always producing content or panels or, you know, educational forums and events so that you can participate in those events and acquire credit. Mm-hmm. Um, then we in parallel have a director that's just in charge of students and academia. And that director this year has done an excellent job reconnecting with the six universities in Puerto Rico that offer some kind of programs in public relations. Some of them offer minors. Some of them offer 
bachelor's and bachelor degrees, full bachelor degrees. Some of them offer a master's degree, et cetera. So that that director is in charge of maintaining those relationships, maintaining communication, knowing who the students are, and inviting them to events. Mm-hmm. And uh, anecdote, I have an anecdote, Peter, to share with you and your listeners. And uh, it is that Fernando Valverde, APR and fellow PRSA, who is one of the pioneers in public papers in Puerto Rico, he passed away a few years ago. He invited Edward Bernays two times to come to Puerto Rico, and he came to the University of Sacred Heart and did uh, presentations to students and to the Puerto Rico Public Relations Association. Back in the 1900s, maybe 1930-something, 1940, I don't know. I don't have the exact date, but it's a fact that he came and we have pictures of his two visits to Puerto Rico because it was a personal friend of Fernando Valverde. Mm-hmm. And and we treasure that as part of our history and development in, in, in Puerto Rico of the professor. Well, let me ask you something else then. Now, do you have, as a, as a group, I'm sure that there are opportunities for you to... Um, cooperate or, or do work for U.S. companies in Puerto Rico. Does that happen that they needed to reach out and say, we need to have certain things done down there on uh, in Puerto Rico, so we need to have a, you know, an agency down happened. there? That happens. I have been hired by PR firms from Florida, from PR firms from New York. There's some, there's a network of international uh, an international network of independent PR firms that I'm also part of. And from time to time, you know, if they don't have an office in Puerto Rico, they do engage with offices here, mm-hmm. you know, with firm, local firms. Because PR is so local. I, mean, I believe that it's very hard to practice PR from a distance. Right. Remotely. You know, if you don't have somebody... No, but to base with locally that can fill you in on the nuances of different issues and people and help you do the research is very hard. You can't really just drop into a different country and do a public relations program. Right. Possible, but it's more effective if you've hired somebody. It's very hard because you have to understand the culture and and why. You have to understand the cosmovision of that set of people and publics that you're here to or focus into. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that when I was working before becoming a consultant, I was working for, with a local communicators agency. I developed their PR department and I worked not only in Puerto Rico, but in the Caribbean region and Latin American region. And I had clients like Royal Caribbean, Celebrity Cruise, and Citibank. For Citibank, I launched Citibank Advantage Lisa Card in eight markets outside Puerto Rico. And that exposure allowed me to make a presentation to Maddie Salvez and me in SNL. And uh, we formalized an affiliation agreement in Puerto Rico with MSNL, which is not, which is something huge for a local agent to achieve mm-hmm. and MSNL is highly prestigious so it was such an accomplishment I am proud of and I believe that I went 
uh, I resigned the agency and that agency has been my client for the past 23 years on nice. IDD at the affiliation agreement. Uh-huh. So as Sony was saying, uh, you build their reputation and these companies understand and recognize your work and your trajectory. Mm-hmm. And you have case studies and work that speaks highly about what you do in your profession mm-hmm. and that allows you to to have opportunities that come to you. Well, that's outstanding. And you've, uh, you guys have provided an awful lot of uh, information about uh, public relations in Puerto Rico. Is there anything that has been left out that you think that we need to cover? Mira, I'd like to cover one thing. If we have any young people listening to this podcast, I'd like to give them, leave them with an idea of the things that I personally really enjoy about this profession. If, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you've seen Hamilton, the, the musical, a, in the second act, there's a song that's called The Room Where It Happens. And I think that is one of the most parallel things that you enjoy in this profession, because in this profession, you are constantly in the room where it happens. You're you're dealing with issues before anybody else knows about, and you have the opportunity to express your opinion to leadership and to management uh, regarding you know the course of action. So, you know, if you want to be in the room where it happens, you have to work in public relations. <laughs> Yeah, well, the other thing that I always tell young people is, and I don't want them to take this the wrong way, but there is a certain element, an important element of power. When you work in this profession, you can develop a reputation. You can create somebody of nothing. And, and uh, you, you know, you have the power to issue news and to have that news being broadcast through all sorts of media, you know, you don't, you won't do this overnight. You won't do this from one day to the other, but if you stick to it and you develop your skills, you will have the power to make news. You will have the power to make someone famous. And that's addicting in a way, you know, and it's a lot of fun and it's very rewarding to see your press release, you know, on the front page of a magazine or, or whatever, you know, and, and say that I had something to do with that. And then thirdly, is that you become an agent of change. You know, you'll, you'll have that, you develop the skills to develop changes within an organization, inside it and outside it. You know, how people perceive you. And in a way, you become the conscience mm-hmm. of a corporation. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the one that's supposed to stand up and say, no, we need to divulge this information. You know, and we doesn't mean we need to confess ourselves, but we need to make the public aware of what's going on. You know, if it's a crisis, if if it's an issue. And uh, so, you know, it's very connecting with your ethics Mm -hmm. and with your body, the way of expressing that to the world in the way that you work. And uh, no, those are some of the things that I, I always tell young people, you know, if they're considering a profession in public relations to think about these things. From my side, Peter, I am always, yesterday I was actually at the university in a conference, and I always begin my dialogue 
because I learn from students and they learn from myself. It's a two-way process. I always depart from the collaboration's definition, and it's a management function that establishes and maintains mutually beneficial relationships between the company or product or service and the public from whom it failures success depends. So it is not, we are not spinners, we are not agents of propaganda, we are not press agents. Those are tactics. We are ethical practitioners. We have a higher purpose to achieve understanding, to achieve mutual adjustment, to achieve social harmony. And that's why I love my profession, because as Tony was saying, we are agents of change, but we are responsible. We have to be accurate, adhere to the truth, and our ethics is non-negotiable. That's why we are the conscious of the company. I agree with Tony. We have to say when it's no, no, that's wrong. We need to advocate for consumers, for public, for stakeholders, and we, we need to call it as it is. And, and it's fascinating to do our job when clients or employers allow us to do our job and receive our advice with appreciation. Well, let me say this. I, I, that, I think, is very inspiring and uh, right on the money that uh, to really talk about what public relations does, how it can benefit uh, corporations, and also benefit the people who actually practice it. So let me say again for very much to thank you for Gladys Diaz and uh, Tommy Day to for being our guest today. I've certainly learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners will uh, appreciate what they have heard. So for my listeners, if you've enjoyed it, we'd certainly like to get a great review from you. And uh, please share this with your friends, and we'll look for you on the next edition of the Public Relations Review Podcast. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast.